the unpronounceable name of God couldn't be spoken, and therefore in, in the, the Jewish people never try to speak it. They won't even write it. They won't even write God's name. If they're writing it's G-D, they won't even spell out the word God because, because the unpronounceable name of God cannot actually be pronounced because there's no way to say it. Now, we've created two words out of it. We've created the word Jehovah out of it, and we've created the word Yahweh out of it, and so that's Eng these are English words, these are translated words that we've created, but the actual word for the Lord, uh, for the Lord God is yod Hav vav Hey in Hebrew, okay, so yod Hav vav Hey, and so the only way to really pronounce it is to ex inhale and exhale, it's like Yod-Hav, you, you have to say it, it's, it's like Yahweh. That's the closest pronunciation you can get, is inhaling and exhaling. So here's the thing about God's name. You have to say his name. You cannot say half of his name. It's impossible. So let me show you. I want everybody just to say the first part of God's name and hold your breath. Ready? On the count of three, everybody take a breath. Ready? One, two, three. Okay, don't, don't let it out. Don't let it out. Don't let it out. Don't let it out. If you let it out, you'll say his name. You don't, don't let it out. Don't let it out. All right, now let it out. You just, now, now you can cough. You just, you just said the name of God and ended up with a cough. No, that's a, that's a bad Hebrew letter joke. But you just, you just, said, the, you just said the name of God. That, what's interesting to me is that you say the name of God all day long, whether you believe in him or not. It doesn't matter if you're an atheist or an agnostic. It doesn't matter if you voted against, uh, voted against prayer in school. It doesn't matter what, what side of the line you are on. If you hate Christians and you hate the name of God and you think it's some psychological crutch, I'm telling you, you can say it all you want, but you're saying his name all day long. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord, whether you mean to or not, every time you breathe in, you say his name. On the day you were born, the first sound that came out of you was, <gasps> and on the day you died, the last thing that came out of you was, way. You have said his name from beginning to end. You have said his name all day long. You say his name in your sleep, in your midnight hour. You say his name. You say the unpronounceable name of God, but nobody understood it. God, what does it mean? Well, you want to try that one again? Some of you said no. Here's what it means. <gasps> God finishes what he started. That means you cannot start his name without finishing his name. And God will not start anything. I, that's why the apostle Paul said, I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I'm telling you, God will finish what he started because that is why he gave us his name. He is Alpha and Omega. He is first. He is last. He is beginning. He is the the end. God says my unpronounceable name, Moses, you're worried about your future, but I'm here to tell you I'm going to finish what I started. You're worried how it's going to end, but I'm going to finish what I started. The same God that called you is the same God that equips you and the same God that helps you to finish. The same God that pulled the trigger and said go is the same God holding the finish line out in front of you. If you start the race with the Lord, he will give you whatever you need to finish the race. Somebody say he's Alpha and Omega. Say it one more time, he's Alpha and Omega.
as Alpha, he was born a poor man. But as Omega, he became the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. God finishes what he started. As Alpha, he wept over his friend Lazarus. But as Omega, he raised Lazarus from the dead because God finishes what he started. As Alpha, he slept on a boat. But in the middle of a storm, he woke up Omega and calmed the storm and walked on the waters because God finishes what he started. As Alpha, he taught a crowd until they became hungry. But as Omega, he broke loaves and fishes and fed that 5,000 on that hillside as Alpha. He called broken men to be his disciples, but as Omega, he turned the world upside down with a handful of broken people. As Alpha, he attended a wedding, but as Omega, he turned the water into wine at the wedding because God finishes what he started. He is a miracle-working God. As Alpha, he was judged by the world, but as Omega, one day he will judge the world. As Alpha, his feet were nailed to the cross. But as Omega, he put everything under his feet, triumphant over every demon, and put everything under your feet when you call upon his name. As Alpha, he took stripes upon his back. But as Omega, by his stripes, we are healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As Alpha, he died upon a cross. But as Omega, he rose from the dead and he's coming back as King of Kings and Lord of Lords because God did not start this to not finish it. He started it with the first man. He'll end it with the last man and the righteousness of God. Don't you worry about God coming. Don't you worry about Jesus coming. Don't you worry about the rapture of the church. God will finish what he started. That's what his name means. God finishes what he started and that means you. Whatever happens to you is going to be good, but I can tell you one more thing that's going to happen to you. God is going to finish what he started in you. Your age doesn't matter. Your health doesn't matter. Your marital status doesn't matter. God is going to finish what he started. You may not feel like a champion today, but you hold on to that unseen hand, and you keep walking with the Lord, and he'll see you through to the other side. Anybody ever been to a place where you thought you were going to lose it all? You might lose your mind. You were going to lose your friends and lose your reputations. Oh, but God, who is rich in mercy and love and favor, came down and turned it around. Am I talking to anybody tonight? I want you to stand up one time. If you've ever had a turnaround because of Jesus, if your life has ever been turned around, why don't you just give him a praise right now? If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, where would I be? But here I am. I could have been anywhere, but here I am. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of you have suffered losses, but here you are. Some of you have walked through death's valley, but here you are. Some of you have lost all of your income, but here you are. Some of you have gone bankrupt, but here you are. Some of you have lost jobs and houses and wives and husbands and families, but here you are. You are still in the good fight of faith because no matter where you are and what you are, if he's your God, he will finish what he started in you. If somebody walked off and left you, that's not going to negate God's plan for your life. If you find yourself 
yourself alone in this world, guess what? You are not alone because God is going to walk with you all the way to the end and finish everything he started. Well, hallelujah. Woo! I kind of feel like preaching tonight. Well, the next, thank you. I plan on it. <laughs> but I love the encouragement. Thank you for that. The next thing he said is, I will give you grace. Oh, my goodness. I mean, we can just go home right now, right? That's all you need. Uh, God already said, I'm going to be good to you. I can shout all the way home on that one. He said he's going to finish what he started. I mean, I'll, be, I'll wake up in the middle of the night speaking in tongues over that one right there. God, you're just going to finish what you started. But now he says, and on top of that, I'm going to give you grace. And here's what he does. He, he kind of gets sassy. He could have just said, I'm going to give you grace, but he don't. He puts his hand on his hip. He starts giving you the chicken head. And God says, I will be gracious to whoever I want to be gracious to. You read it. That's how he said it. He didn't just say, I will, I'm the Lord your God. And I, he didn't say it that way. He said, I will be gracious to whoever I want to be gracious to. I'm not going to ask your mother-in-law. I'm not going to ask your enemy. I'm not going to ask all your haters. I'm not going to ask everybody that don't like. I'm not going to ask them. I'm just going to be good to you anyway. I'm going to give you things you don't deserve. I'm not going to ask your boss. I'm not going to ask your wife. I'm not going to ask your best friend. I'm not going to ask the neighbor who cusses you out across the street. I don't care what they think. I'll be gracious to whoever I want to be gracious to as long as you, I'll bless you in the middle of the camp. I'll bless you in the middle of the valley. I'll anoint your head with oil in the presence of your enemy. I'll prepare a table before you and goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life right there while they're looking. They're going to have to watch you get blessed because I'm going to be gracious to whoever I want to be gracious to kind of how he says it. He's getting real sassy. How many of you know God's got a sassy side? Yeah, you thought your spouse was the only one that did that. God does it too. And how many times has he shown up just like that and been so gracious and done something that, that, that we couldn't afford? Here's what grace means. Grace means you do get what you don't deserve. Somebody needs to put that on a t-shirt. You do get what you don't deserve. And you know what mercy means? You don't get what you do deserve. Woo! Boy, there, there's your word right there. You want the word? There's your word right there. You do get what you don't deserve, and you don't get what you do deserve. That's how grace and mercy works for you. So the Lord sometimes just shows up to show out. He don't, he don't have to do it. He just does it because he, he loves you. I was in El Salvador several years ago, and uh, I got a lots of El Salvador stories. I've done about 50 mission trips there, so you're going to hear lots of them. But I might have told you this one before, but if so, it's worth telling again. We're in El Salvador, and we're in the middle of a drought, and there was no, there was no rain. And where we were working to build this church, there was no water source out there. They were dependent upon the creeks and the rain. There was no water source. And so David Parasa, who was the overseer there, came to me, and he said, uh, you know, Brother Brian, I'm, I hate to tell you this, but he said, we can't build this church because there's no water. There's no way to get water way out there in the country. And he said, uh, there, there's, there's nothing that we can do about this. And I had my old armor bearer who traveled with me for years, Elder Haynes, who was with me. He was, a, he, he was my armor bearer for 20-some years and traveled with me everywhere I went. And he said, uh, he said, Pastor B, he said, God didn't bring us all the way to El Salvador he said, to, to, to build a church and raise all that money to not build a church. He said, y'all get over here. And he had everybody gathered around to pray. And I'm thinking, 
Brother Pross and I were trying to have a meeting over here, and Dave was just butting in, you know. He said, come on, we need to pray. And Brother Pross said, listen, I know he wants to pray, but I've lived, and I'll never forget him saying this. I've lived here 59 years or 54 years, something like that. I've lived here ever that many years. He said, it's never rained once in this month of the year in my entire life. It's never rained one time in this month of the year. We're in a drought. That's all there is to it. Elder Haynes didn't hear that. He didn't want to hear that. He said, great God, Jehovah. He starts praying one of those Elijah kind of prayers. You're the maker of the rain, and everybody can hear him. And we're, I mean, now we're on, man. Whether we want to be on or not, we're on. I mean, we are, we are, we're headlining now. Our faith is right out there for everybody to hear it. And there's Elder Haynes. He's holding my hand. He's holding David Pross's hands. And he's praying for rain. And then he says this. All right, boys, you better go get a good night's sleep because we got a lot of work to do tomorrow. We just loaded them up in the bus and went back to Santa Tecla, El Salvador, and slept that night. And David Praza sat by me on the bus. He patted me and said, I know he meant well. But he said, it's never rained here in this month of the year. About 2 o'clock in the morning, I heard God's limousines rolling in El Salvador. <laughs> 2 o'clock in the morning, God's big black limousine started rolling in with rain clouds galore, and it come the hardest downpour. We thought it was going to wash us away right there in El Salvador. David Peraza was so freaked out by it. He lived a mile away. He ran a mile at 2 o'clock in the morning soaking wet, and he walked in the door, and all he said was, this is a miracle. That's all he said. This is a miracle. Well, we go out to the job site hoping the creek's full or something to pull water. We didn't even have to worry about that. We had 12 big empty barrels of water that we had hoped to fill up. And from that rain, every single barrel was full all the way to the top. Now, you, I don't know how that happened except God is precise. God said, I want that rain to come now, and I want it to hit right here. And the biggest downpour must have been over those barrels because it filled every single barrel. I think we couldn't hardly work for shouting. I mean, we'd shout a while and work a while, shout a while. This is how we worked all day long. It's like, whoo, God is good all the time. All the, that's how we worked all day long. We were so excited about what God had done. It, was, it really was a miracle. God says, I don't need anybody's permission. I'll just be gracious to whoever I want to be gracious to anytime I want to. I'll give you what you don't deserve. So I'm telling you, in your future, God says in your future, he's going he's gonna to be good to you. He's going to be finishing what he started, and he's going to give you grace on top of that. If you're happy about that, somebody say hallelujah. Thank you so much for supporting our ministry. If this has blessed you, please say a prayer for us. And if you would like to give, we have four ways that you can do that. You can give online at briancutshaw.com or if you're a PayPal user, just PayPal us at Church Trainer. Or you can also give through the mail at PO Box 267, Georgetown, Tennessee 37336. Or if you're a Venmo user, you can Venmo us also at Church Trainer. Thank you, and God bless you, and may the Lord multiply your seed. Now back to hope in the word. And then he said, I'm also going to have compassion on you. Woo, compassion from a king, that's different. That's a different kind of compassion than compassion from everybody else. Compassion from a king. So think about that. 
I have a friend of mine who's a pastor down in Crystal River. <clears throat> he's my diving buddy. So if you ever see me posting pictures of scuba diving, he's the guy I always go with. And we try to do that every year. And it's a f- fun thing we like to do. Um, and so I actually went this year with him. And so I love to go to his church every year. And I love the story behind his church because he went there. He went to pastor a small little church, about 40 people in this tiny little building. And uh, they, they can barely pay their light bills. They could barely, you know, keep the lights on. It's a very low ceiling, you know. And uh, it was the kind of place he really wanted to move away from. And right in front of their church was the Lincoln dealership. And you could never see their church because all you could see is the Lincoln dealership. And you have to drive behind it and see this tiny little church way back in the field. So one day the Lincoln dealer came over to Pastor Ronnie and he said, um, Hey, why don't you sell me your property? I need to expand this Lincoln dealership. He said, why don't you sell me your property and, uh, and, and, and let me uh, expand my property? He said, well, good, make me an offer. He lowballed it. He said, man, I, I can't even build anything for that. If I sell that, I, don't, I, don't give me what it's worth. I have to build a church somewhere. There's no way I can build a church. And he said, that's all right. You're about dead anyway. I'll wait you out. And one of these days, he said, I'll buy you out for just about nothing. And little Pastor Ronnie Reed said, well, you know what? I serve a big God. Maybe I'll just wait you out. And one of these days, I'll buy your building instead of you buying my building. He said that guy had the biggest laugh. Do you have that picture, guys? You guys find that picture I gave you? I want to show you this picture. If you guys can pull it up on the screen. Come on, guys. We looked at that before. There you go. That's Pastor Ronnie Reed's church now. And guess where it sits? Right where the Lincoln dealership used to sit. Because the Lincoln dealership went bankrupt. And now he has the largest church in the city, and the Lincoln dealership went bankrupt. He now pastors the largest church in that city, and there is no Lincoln dealership. God says, listen, I'm going to be good. I'm going to finish what I started. I'm going to be gracious to whoever I want to be gracious to, and I'm going to have compassion on you. When everybody else thinks you're friendless, I'll be your friend. When everybody else thinks you're homeless, I'll be your home. When everybody else thinks you don't have a companion, I'll be your companion. God said, I will be there with you. Hallelujah. And then he said, number five, I will put you in the cleft of the rock. This is an interesting part of this, this, this promise because the cleft of the rock is... is uh, is a safe place in the time of trouble. I love Psalm 27, for it says, In the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret place of his tabernacle. Wow, think about that. He says, I'm going to hide you in the church. Did you get that? In the secret place of his tabernacle, I, he shall hide me and set me high up on the rock. The Lord said, listen, I, I know that it looks like you're, you're scared, but I'm going to hide you with my people. I'm going to hide you in the tabernacle of the Lord. i got a secret place there. You just come and sit. You don't have to do anything. If you don't have a prayer to pray, somebody sitting beside of you will pray that prayer for you. You don't worry about it. You can't get to the altar. Somebody will help you to the altar. If you're having the worst day, you just come to the house of the Lord. My people will hide you there. How many of you have found safety and refuge in the body of Christ and in the house of the Lord over and over and over again? That's why Psalm 91 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And I love this part. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, and Him will I trust. I want to tell you, if I had all night long, I could not tell you how many times God has rescued me. Somebody asked me the question one time, When did you get saved? And I said, Which time? 
I said, you mean when I got saved from my sins or when he saved me from myself? Or when he saved me from my enemy? Or he saved me from my stupid decision? Or God saved me from a bad investment? Which, which time are you talking about? Because he has saved me over. And he's still saving me over and over. Yes, he saved me from my sins, but he's still a savior. And he'll still save you from whatever circumstance you find yourself in. Hallelujah. Here's number six. He says, I will put my hand over you. Now here's the interesting part of the, of the kavod, the glory of God. Remember I told you earlier that kavod means that he puts his hand on you and lets you feel his touch and it's like this pressure, this weight of glory. But here God does something different. God puts his hand on him and then he says, and I'm gonna take my hand off of you. That's never happened before in the scripture where the Lord said that. He says this time glory means something different. I'm gonna put my hand on you so you know it's me. Then I'm gonna take my hand off of you so you can see. Let me say that again. I'm gonna put my hand on you so you know it's me. Then I'm gonna take my hand off of you so you, know, so you can see. So what you see, you will know is my hand. So the Lord says, you're gonna feel my touch. And, and I wanna just stop here and say something before I get into the next part of this verse because don't discount the touch of God on your life. You may get one touch of God tonight that lasts you for the next year. You may go in that strength. It's like when the, when the angel came and fed Elijah. He said he went in the strength of that meal for 40 days. God may touch you, and in that one touch, he may, you may sail through life on that one touch. Does anybody have an anchor like that in your soul that says, listen, I know what it looks like, but I remember when I was, I remember when God spoke to me. I can take you to the time. I can show you one time he laid me on the floor or God met me in the bedroom when I was praying or he gave me a scripture. I remember one night I was sitting by Kathy right here sitting in the, I was sitting right here in this seat where Connor's sitting right beside Kathy and I don't even know who was preaching. I, I, I can't even remember who was preaching, but he read a scripture and Kathy came out of her seat and she started spinning just like that and shouting. She's the only one doing that at that moment. But I thought, well, that's, that's because something means something. When she said, when she finally was able to sit down and it was a while, but when she finally was able to sit down, she opened her Bible and said, read that. That's the verse the Lord has given me. I'm living off of that verse right now. I'm telling you, that's the touch I'm talking about. I'm living off of that verse right now. Anybody living off of, a off of a word? Are there any word carrying believers in the house tonight? I've got a word from the Lord. I'm gonna keep putting my trust in him. I've got a word from the Lord and I'm gonna keep going. All right, so let's go with this. He says, I'm gonna put my hand over you. Then I'm gonna take it off so you can see and I'm gonna show you my glory. So get this, this is a, this is a real revelation. If you've never seen this before. So it shall be while my glory passes by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand while I pass by. Verse 23. Then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Well, to see this unfold, you have to go to the next verse. Now, this next verse is very, very important. So Moses goes to the top of the mountain. He takes the tablets with him because he's broken the tablets. He takes fresh tablets up there. And then now the Lord descended in a cloud. This is... 34 verse 5. Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. This is when God went, this is what it means. I finished what I started. This is the first time anyone ever understood it. So God did what he said. He 
descended on the cloud. He stood with him there, proclaimed the name of the Lord, and Moses sees the glory of God. So look at this. All of a sudden, God says, I'm gonna put my hand on you and I'm gonna take it away. You're not gonna see what's in front of me. You're gonna see what's behind me. God did not show him his shoulder blade. God did not show him his spinal cord. God is not showing him his physical back. God said, you're not gonna see my face. You wanted the glory in front of me. Instead, I'm gonna secure your trust in me by showing you the glory behind me. I'm gonna show you something no one has ever seen. And all of a sudden, when he opens his eyes, he sees, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was upon the face of the water. And God said, let there be light, and there was light in the evening and the morning with the first day. Did you ever wonder how we got the book of Genesis? The book of Genesis, Moses lives 2,000 years after the book of Genesis. Moses didn't live in that time. Moses gave us Genesis. How could Moses give us the, the Genesis? Because God showed him the glory behind him. God said, the same God that took you from there to here is the same God that can take you. You're worried about these children of Israel getting the land of promise? Let me show you how I created the stars. Let me show you how I created the earth in seven days. Let me show you how I formed mankind from the dust of the earth. He saw the first motion picture that has ever been shown to any man before because he saw, he didn't just hear it, he saw it. And I know that he told the story, he wrote it down, and the stories were passed down from the time of Moses. And some people translated them differently. Some people say, well, the book of Genesis couldn't have been written by the same person. No, but it was seen by only one. It was, it was given to us by only one. Yes, people through the years might have written their own versions of his story, and God sanctioned that, but Moses is the only one who got to see the glory behind God. And God said, if you can trust Trust me for what I've already done, then you can trust me for what I'm about to do. And I've got a word for somebody tonight. If God has brought you through before, keep trusting him. If God has brought you out before, keep trusting him. The same God that got you from there to here is the same God that's gonna take you from here to there. He said, I will show you the glory that's behind me. So here's where we end up. Now you can bring that one up with the misspelled word. <laughs> I've, I have reviewed way too many ISO uh, outlines, so I catch this stuff now, and I'm the one that actually typed that, so I should be ashamed. There we go. Seven things that will happen to you in your future. God will be good to you. Somebody needs to claim that right now. There's goodness headed to you. God, God will finish what he started. Now, now all of these might be for you, but here's, what we're gonna, here's how we're gonna do this tonight. Every time I get to one, and it's for you, just raise your hand. You wanna, if you wanna shout, you can, but just, I just want you to raise your hand. So here's the first one. God will be good to you. How many of you came to hear that one tonight? My future's gonna be good. Here's the second one. God will finish what he started. God will finish what he started. The third one is, God will give you grace. Anybody ready for God to shake his head and put his hand on his hip and say, I don't care who's looking, I'm gonna bless you anyway. Oh, you know what? I just heard the Lord say that somebody is going to get your debts paid. I don't know who it is, but I'll please come and tell me when it happens. God, 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 listen, I'm telling you, the Lord just spoke to me and told me that he's going to pay off somebody's debt, and it's going to be a miracle to you that God is about. Oh, Shabbat, oh, Sarah, 
I'm telling you, I know what I'm talking about. God just spoke to me and said he's about to pay somebody's debt off. When it happens, please tell me about it because I'm gonna be on pins and needles because this doesn't happen to me all the time, but I know it's about to happen to you. I know that's about to happen to you. He didn't tell me it was for me, but I'm going to shout for you. He didn't tell me he was going to pay off my debt. He told me he was going to pay off one of your debts in this room tonight. Hallelujah. Ooh, hallelujah. God will give you grace. The next one, God will have compassion on you. Yes, God. Here's the next one. God will hide you in the cleft of the rock. You're going to be safe no matter what happens. God will put his hand on you and let you see, and God will show you his glory. God is going to show you the steps that you need to take. This program is brought to you by the partners of Brian Cutshaw and Church Trainer Ministries. Please help us pray that the Lord will continue to send us more partners so we can expand his kingdom around the world.